everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have Natania Bravo on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Likewise. And I'm just so excited that you're here. Wanted to just take this time, if you can just introduce us into the audience about who you are, what you do, um, and a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm a business strategist and the creator of Clarity to Launch Academy, and I primarily work with coaches, consultants, and creatives who are creating and growing purpose-driven businesses that are using their unique gifts to empower others. Um, My background is in brand marketing, very similar to yours, actually. I Mm -hmm. I was girl stalking you beforehand, (laughs) and I transitioned and moved to Paris and started a whole new life and really just wanted to empower other women and use those skill sets that I had in my corporate background to do really good work in the world, similar to yourself. That's incredible. Can you give us a little bit of background on your story? Because you have a pretty heavy corporate background. You've lived by Coastal before moving to Paris. So walk us through how you got to Paris. (laughs) Yeah. So I... Backstory. So in college, I don't know if you watched the show The Hills, Mm -hmm. um, but I was mildly obsessed and I was like, I don't know what these women do, but like they're always going to parties, they're working with celebrities, they're always on planes. I want to do that. And so I graduated, I did like communications and marketing in college, graduated, moved to New York, got an internship, did like the whole unpaid intern working 40, 50 hours a week thing. Mm -hmm. And got into the entertainment and media industry and moved up pretty quickly. So I was working with brands and media companies on brand marketing campaigns, doing things like events like Coachella, the Grammys, Oscars, Fashion Week, Cannes Festival, doing a lot of really fun stuff and creating brand activations for different brands. And by the time I was 25, I was, you know, doing all, checking all the boxes of success. So Mm -hmm. I had the six-figure salary. I had a team under me, most of who were, were significantly older than me. And on paper, it looked very successful, but I was working 80 hours a week. I was traveling every four days on a plane, literally. Like I just left my suitcase by the door. Um, And, you know, early on, it's fun and it's glamorous but Mm -hmm. after a bit you realize like I couldn't have any routine I couldn't go grocery shopping because they're gonna spoil I'm leaving in three days I couldn't sign up for a gym because I'm never gonna use it Mm -hmm. and so I started to feel this sense of ungroundedness and I started to have anxiety attacks which I didn't know at the time that's what they were but very debilitating like just I feel like I need to go to the hospital. I don't know what's wrong with me. Of course, what was wrong with me is that I'm glued to my phone, responding to 300 emails a day, um, have way too much pressure for things that really weren't real fire drills. But you know, when you're in it, it's the end of the world. It's got to get done right now. And I was on the train. This is when I was living in New York still one day, probably around 26-ish. And I started to have that anxiety attack feeling again. And I had a moment where I pretty much collapsed on the train in New York. Oh my God. I had to like pull myself up, get out on Columbus Circle and was like completely dazed out of it. People were like, ma'am, are you okay? And that was pretty much my wake up call of like, I, I'm not a robot. Like I can't live my life on autopilot. And it sparked me first getting a life coach. I didn't know really what mm-hmm. I was getting a life coach to do, but I was like, I need some help. Clearly what I'm doing is not working. And I actually don't even know I'm just doing things because that's kind of the next step society told me I should do, not because that's what I actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took some time over the next year or so to really just get connected to who is Natanya? What do I actually want to do? What actually excites me? What do I, you know, what, what do I want out of my career? Am I just going through the, like, I looked at my boss who was the CMO and I was like, 
actually don't want her job. So why am I on this trajectory? And I was at dinner with a friend one night after kind of going through this personal evolution of getting really connected to me, traveling alone and really taking myself on dates and doing all of that for a couple of years. And she asked me a question I always encourage everyone to ask themselves and other people, which is what's something you've always wanted to do that you've never said out loud. And I was like, I got like goosebumps when she said it. And I was, I don't know what made me say it because I'd never said it out loud was I want to move to Paris for a year. And she was like, oh my gosh, you have to do it. And I was like, you're nuts. Like, I can't. Like, at this point, I was a VP. Like, I had a mm-hmm. team of people. Like, and, you know, you think your job is like, the, the world stops if you don't do your job. And so I was like, there's no way that I can just, like, pick up and move to Paris. And she, and, but something about her, she asked me, like, why not? And little by little, the excuses, which I now realize were excuses, started to tumble. And the other thing that happened was it kind of planted a seed where I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to put a little Paris fund. And I don't know that it's actually going to work out, but I'm just going to start putting some money aside. And I'm a big believer that when you take the first step, the universe, God, however you relate to it, starts to put other things in place mm-hmm. and also starts to make you really uncomfortable where you are, which is what happened. What a previously was super easy and comfortable life, even though it wasn't fulfilling, became very uncomfortable in every way imaginable. And long story short, six months later, I ended up booking and getting on a one-way flight to Paris full of tears and anxiety and like, what am I doing? Did I just make the biggest, worst decision of my life? (laughs) I like quit my job. I don't know where my next paycheck or money is coming from. I do not speak the language. I don't know anyone here, but that turned out to be the best decision that I've ever made. And it completely changed the trajectory that I was on. Oh my gosh. I feel like I have so much to say about this. So first off with the anxiety of like pressure that it literally is similar to my story, Mm -hmm. which I share a lot too. About a year ago, I went into the hospital for burnout, very similar to you in that, on that train station, except mine, I was driving home from Long Island and I told my husband, I was like, I have to go to the hospital. They thought I had kidney stones or kidney infection. I couldn't walk. I'm like, I resonate so much with you. And that's a lot of the times what happens with us corporate women. We just go Mm -hmm. on overdrive, overdrive, overdrive drive and everything else is secondary. And we literally put our bodies second, you know, yeah. <laughs> our, our job is first. And I totally can relate with you too. I mean, having a team myself, you know, back in the corporate world, it's just, it's a lot of pressure. So, okay. So you left the job, you went to Paris. Now talk to us. How, how did you start building this business? Like how did that did it start after you got there? Yeah. So a little bit before, while I was on this self-discovery journey, I kind of reconnected to as a teenager, I had always written in journals and like mapped out my life. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. 25, I'm going to do this, this one to do this. And I had this thing about wanting to create a platform to empower other women. But you know, I was like 17 when I was writing this. So it's like, I'm not even a woman. Like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And through this journey, I was going on in my mid twenties, I reconnected to some of those writings and realized that I kind of like had put this dream to the side of saying like, one day I'll create this platform to empower women in some way. In going through this journey, I kind of realized, like, what am I waiting for? So in quitting my job, I was actually on my bed one day and I was like playing around with different words. Like, what can I create? Is it a blog? Like, I couldn't visualize what it would actually be. And my last name being Bravo and everyone always saying, oh, you have such a cool last name. And I really wanted to empower people to realize and actualize their full potential, create the life that you love. And I was like, the Bravo life. It just literally came to me. And I started this Instagram. And I remember being terrified to push publish, even though there's literally zero followers. (laughs) But you know, you're like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. once you click publish, you can't, there's no going back. 
like I know myself, I'm going to have to see it through. Um, so I did that in between the transition of having quit my job and moving to Paris. So once I moved to Paris, I made a thing where I was like, I'm not going to work for at least three months. I just want to enjoy like immerse in this experience. And that gave me also the creative freedom to start to look at what could this be? What do I want to create? And start to thinking about, you know, I ended up creating retreats and coaching opportunities and things like that. And all of that was born as a result of me taking this transitional period between corporate life and my mm-hmm. life now. That's incredible. Okay. So now you work with other consultants and coaches now and really guiding them. So talk to us as you're, cause you talk about mindset a lot, right? So mm-hmm. talk to us as you're growing and scaling this business that you started after, you know, you've immersed yourself in Paris, you know, what were some of the mindset shifts that you had to go through as you started scaling this? Because I feel like also coming from corporate America, even myself, you're, I mean, you have to do a full 180 with your mindset. I mean, it's just a different way of, you know, turning off the masculine energy, turning on the feminine, because like, you're just go, go, go all the time. And also with this online space as well, it was really hard to kind of shed the layers of corporate America because in corporate, like you go in, you leave your stuff at the door, that's it. You show up to your job. So talk to us about like, were there any mindset shifts you've experienced while you were scaling your, uh, scaling your business? Yeah, so many. So I am a perfectionist by nature. And I would typically procrastinate because I wanted it to be perfect. Um, That was kind of how I operated was like, it has to be perfect. We know that doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. but in my mind, it needed to be perfect. And I think the biggest thing, and I always say, I think everyone's always looking for what's the magic strategy for growth. I really believe it's 80% mindset and like everyone can figure out the strategy. Amen. Amen. I literally say this all the time. I'm like, the more you scale, it's less about strategy and more about mindset. Yes, exactly. And so I think a few things, one would definitely be to get excited about making mistakes, which was Mm -hmm. very huge for a recovering perfectionist to say, I want to make mistakes because in the mistakes, I can find the data and the data is going to give me the knowledge to pivot, to scale, to adjust. Whereas Mm -hmm. early on, it was like, no, I can't do that because, you know, fear is ultimately you're afraid of failure and making a mistake. Whereas now I'm like, let's make the most mistakes we can as quickly as we can so that we can pivot, figure out what needs to change and like move on to the next thing as opposed to staying in this analysis paralysis, which brings me to also the idea that I think some people think the clarity has to come in thinking. Thinking is only going to get you so far. It really is in the doing that you're going to get the clarity. And so a lot of people are like, well, I thought about it and I just can't figure it out. And it's like, okay, well, you've thought about it enough. Like now let's actually do some things. And exactly that same, going back to that same thing, get the experience get the data, get the knowledge so that you can make real decisions outside of the brain that, you know, especially for people like yourself and Matt who are like multi-passionate and really Mm -hmm. purpose-driven, we've all got tons of ideas and we'll just, they'll stay ideas as long as we keep thinking about them. (laughs) That is so incredible. And I mean, saying that and just like the analysis process, I hear that so many times. I don't know what your Enneagram is. I'm an Enneagram one ENFJ like super structured. And that was my problem. I remember when I even first started my business and even from my, from what I hear a lot of people when they're starting their businesses is that analysis paralysis and fear. So talk to us too, like when you were scaling your business, did you like kind of experience any of those beliefs and things? I mean, you talked about fear a lot as well, but do you have any tangible like tips or recommendations on how to move past those mindset blocks while you're growing your business? Yeah. So um, early on, I was starting to make 
some income in my business, but not enough for what I wanted to sustain myself. But I was also doing on the side consulting in the corporate world, because as you know, corporate clients pay really well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I was like, I'm not going to give that up yet, but I really still want to grow this business. And it came to a point where I needed to make a decision because I wasn't doing either very well. Mm. Um, Someone pointed that out to me and they were kind of like, I feel like you're straddling the fence and you're going to have to go in all in on one or the other. And really what I think is every entrepreneur is going to get to a point where they have to make a decision. And for me, a decision means to cut. There's no plan B. There is no, I'm dipping my toe in the water. And the second it gets warm, I'm jumping out. It's I'm going all in. Even when it, you know, I spent $5,000 hiring someone to build out a strategy for me and it fell flat. I could have at that moment said, oh, this isn't for me. And $5,000 at that time was a huge part of what I'd made in my business. So Mm -hmm. it was terrifying to think, oh my gosh, I just lost $5,000. But I chose to reframe the way I thought about it. And actually, no, I got so much data from that. And that data is what allowed me to make back that $5,000 and so much more in the months after. And so Mm -hmm. being comfortable taking bold, messy action and really going all in and making a decision that this is what I'm doing. And I cut off the corporate because I knew that wasn't what I ultimately wanted to do. And within a year of doing that, I mean, what I was making in corporate, I now can make in a month. And so that wouldn't have happened without making that decision. (laughs) That is so, so, so good. And it's so true on the messy action piece, because a lot of the times too, especially as people are scaling their businesses, it's like, okay, just teach me the strategy. I want to know step one, two, three, four, five. And like, well, yes, there is strategy to some level with growing your business, right? But like no business is alike. You know, every business is your own. And I think that was one big thing that I, I also try to teach as well is that we don't want to be mimicking and just be kind of like the cookie cutter boxes of what a business is, right? Mm-hmm. So I love how you say like the messy, bold action. And just like as you take the action, pivot, move, keep changing and keep optimizing. You know, I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell me now with what you're doing now. So how do you work with clients with the mindset piece? I mean, like, is there anything else that you want to share? Any kind of like recommendations when it comes to mindset, business, entrepreneurship that you can kind of um, give us some feedback on? Yeah, I think the biggest shift in addition to making that decision is understanding that you're not creating a side hustle. You want to create a long-term sustainable business. Mm. And so the energy that goes into it is very different. You know, I think a lot in my program, Clarity of the Launch, I'm working with a lot of new, like in their first year or two, yeah. entrepreneurs. And so they are typically, when they first come in, like, I want to get my first 10 clients. I want to have my first 10K month. And the energy is very like, I need, I need, I need, as opposed to let me build the build blocks of a sustainable business. And there's a shift that has to happen for all of us. I had to go through the same thing where it's, if you, you want to make a few thousand dollars, we can all do that like that. But if you want to make consistent revenue, a business that can grow and scale and serve people on a larger level, the way that you're approaching what you're doing, exactly what you said about, you know, the idea of strategy and tell me what to do next. Tell me what to do next. It's like, really building a solid foundation and understanding that you're doing this for the long term, not what can I get in the next 30 days? Otherwise I'm out because those are the people. And I always say really, there's no difference between someone who's made it and hasn't other than one person made a decision and the other one was just kind of testing it out. Um, And Mm -hmm. understanding like, 
you know, I think everyone wants to get to the top of the staircase, but you can't get to the top of the staircase without taking those steps. And so I'm very big on what is the very, like, what's your short-term goal versus your long-term goal? So let's say you're, you know, just started your business and you're like, I want to get my first 10 paying clients. Okay. Well, to get your first 10 paying clients, we have to get the first client to get your first client. You need to figure out specifically for coaches and consultants, who are you helping? What are you helping them with? And so let's focus one step at a time. It's okay to have the top of the staircase in mind so that we know where we're going, but really is what you're working on today. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I can't start my business yet because I don't have, I don't know, the perfect logo or whatever it is. Is that the thing that's going to get you clarity on who you help, how you help them getting that perfect logo? Or is Mm -hmm. there another place to put your, your one person? So let's strategically put your energy where you're actually trying to go in terms of taking those step-by-step progress so that you can see progress as opposed to doing 10 different things, but doing none of them really well, which I've done that personally and I don't Mm -hmm. recommend. (laughs) So good. And and speaking on that too, with like needle moving tasks, that's the biggest thing as well, Mm -hmm. especially when you're growing your business is really just focusing on like those you know, those things that move the needle with your business, especially when you first start out. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I have so many mental notes of comments (laughs) that you just said that were gold, 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 gold. Okay. So I, first off, I'm obsessed. I feel like we need to do like part two of this whole conversation, but I want to segue into the, my favorite part of the conversation with Thrive Society. And this is why I started this podcast to begin with, because I feel like a lot of the time too, and social media has a way of doing this where we think that, you know, the, the journey to entrepreneurship and scaling your business is so beautiful, right? There's no hiccups along the way. There's no, it's not stressful or things like that. And, you know, I think we've all been faced with some challenges or struggles, like you mentioned before earlier on the episode, but is there anything that comes to mind that you can say that has really impacted you and your trajectory, whether it's in your business or your life and anything that you can help share that really just showed how you've been able to thrive? Yeah. So I think the first thing that comes to mind is in that period where I was, you know, you're online and you're seeing do this, do that. And then you're trying to look at everyone else's funnel and see what everyone else is doing. And you're like, kind of put it, trying to put it together, but you don't really know what you're doing. So that was me early on. And I had gotten some clients, like I think I'd had like about 20 people go through my program. So I knew it was something people found valuable, but I couldn't figure out how to get it to the next level. And I was um, doing webinars and working with some different coaches. And like I mentioned earlier, I ended up you know, I will say wasting, but it really wasn't a waste, $5,000 into investing in something that ultimately didn't work out in the way that I wanted it to. And I remember being devastated. I was literally like bawling, crying. I also had just done a webinar where all the tech like failed and I had like 30 people show up, like no one got to hear anything I said. And I worked, I'd spent literally the past 24 hours without sleeping, like working on it. And I remember hearing an internal voice of like, this is the moment you decide whether you're going to leave this and say it didn't work. And like, you've spent almost all the profit you've made so far trying to make this thing work. And now, you know, what are you going to do now? Or pick yourself up and like, cry a bit, have your moment to cry. Like you're allowed to have that moment, but then what are you going to do the next day? And so I took some time to really get clear. And this is what I always recommend for people before they go invest in their business is 
figure out where your blind spot is, where you need help before you go invest. You don't need help with everything. Where do you have a blind spot? Where do you need a little bit more support? And so that's what I spent my time doing. Instead of just like randomly investing in things, I was like, let me figure out what I actually need. But I'm still pretty defeated because I'd spent all this money and now I'm like, how am I going to do this? And I ended up finding a coach who was going to be a very high five-figure investment, which did not exist in my business bank account at the Mm -hmm. time. Again, I'm very big on energy and in having that internal yes. And even though I was terrified, something was also really excited about the idea. And I knew that I had to do it. And I made that investment, again, not having the money in my account, but knowing that this is exactly what I need help with. And this person has that expertise. So really investing before I was ready, which I think is something that all of us should really take away and really Mm -hmm. believe trusting that inner intuition. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be terrified. You probably will be, (laughs) Um, but you also will likely have a bit of excitement. And that's my green light for me. Fear and excitement is like go. And I invested in working with this coach in, in this area. And again, as a result of the work that I did throughout that period is really what took me from, you know, just kind of a side hustle, making enough to get by to a business where I now have five employees, like we're growing, we're going to be a seven figure business by January. And so that Woo-hoo. wouldn't have been if I didn't make that investment as terrifying as it was, because the money didn't exist. And I really, I'm not just saying that, like it literally did not exist. Oh, I mean, I can resonate so much on this. I remember when I invested in my first coach and it, I think it was $5,000. And I remember I put it on a credit card. I didn't yeah. even tell my husband, I was like, let me just be quiet about this. And then I'll, I'm going to figure out how to pay it back. Um, and then after that, I made my money back literally within, it was in within the month. So I totally feel you so much on that fear of like the first, because your first high ticket investment in your business, it's like, it's scary as hell. Yeah. You know what? And, but the thing though, is that you took a risk on yourself and that's almost the safest investment, you know, like, I love that. That was so, that was so beautiful. And I'm like seven figures, girlfriend. That's incredible. Incredible. I feel like we need to do part two on this, but, um, I feel like I could talk hours on minds and stuff. So, but tell people, how can people work with you? What's coming up? Anything that, yeah. Any other details? Yeah. So Clarity to Launch is my signature program for new or aspiring coaches and consultants. And you can learn more about that at claritytolaunch.com or just DM me on Instagram at the Bravo Life. And I also host women's empowerment retreats as well as entrepreneurship retreats. Obviously right now we're on a little Mm -hmm. bit of a pause, but we'll be definitely be doing some more hopefully next year. Um, We were supposed to go to Tuscany in May, so we had to postpone that one, but hopefully doing some more next year. I'm coming. Yes, <laughs> I'm coming. Well, thank you so much for coming in the podcast. So, so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great.